You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. For everyone who thought I was loud in the last episode, <laughs> you know what? It's true. That's how loud I am in real life. I'm just, well, it wasn't even that. It was just, you were very bassy, more bassy than I've ever heard you. And I was That's very because distant. I had my I man like, voice on. Uh, what? That's because I had my man voice on. He puts on. it on once a year and you guys got it. You're welcome. Hang on. I'm slouching. I got to readjust. That's right. I'm, I'm like out. noticing my posture is horrible. <laughs> Like the microphone was halfway down and instead of pulling it up, I'm like just slouched over, speaking into the mic. Oh, wow. I just made noise. You know what? We don't make near as much noise. Like we always think things are going to be really loud. Every time I tap something, I'm like, motherfucker. And guess what? Because we're just, again, still stuck in that like (laughs) those two tables on top of each other. So two tables on top of each other (laughs) with a um, curtain that my cats ripped down. Draped over the table. You see you. You see how you're going into to red right now. You are turned up. I'm top. not turned up. My, this is not a lot of I'm just. I'm just saying. I see the little knob going red, and you mine is what? a steady green. I'm colorblind, so fuck the knob. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Wait. Now I turn. Now I'm too quiet. All right. Fine. Turn yourself up. There I go. See. You didn't see that change of color. No. Hey, how about now? Hey, it's bad. Hey, whatever. Okay. Uh, whatever. You get what you get. <laughs> We're here. We're queer. Welcome to your queer story. I'm your host, Evan Jones. And I'm the better host, Paul Hobbs. And this is the podcast that inspires peace, love, radicalism, and <sighs> fuck the Nazis. Well, yeah, fuck the Nazis. Always fuck the Nazis. Jesus Christ. So uh, we are here a week out of, from Christmas. Yep, a little holiday yeah. cheer. Yeah, yeah. Queer holiday cheer. That's the best kind. Yeah. And uh, oh my god, you know what would be fun if you had a Christmas tree and you had little peach emojis um, (laughs) ornaments and little eggplant emoji ornaments? That would be cute. That would be cute. There you go. Next year, make yourself a big queer Christmas and make sure it's pink. We should sell those next year. We should. Just like we said this year, we were going to sell queer mugs and we didn't. I forgot. Once again, we let our people down. We can't do that next year because next year we're getting real serious about our business. Oh, yeah. You want to tell our listeners what's happening in 2020? Well, we, we next episode is going to be all about 2020, but I will give you a little sneak peek. We are going legitimate. Paul and I are never longer going to just be the whores on the street corner. Now, now we're going to come to your house and... Do it all real proper. Yes, we're coming directly to your house. We're sitting in your living room, and we are giving we're running you a, a legitimate live brothel podcast. Utah brothel. That's, That's what we've been running. doing. I thought we've been podcasting. I guess we've oh. been. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> I, I've been giving people hand jobs left and right. What do you mean this is a podcast? So, no, we are. We're going legitimate. We're going to make this a real business, and that means we really have to make sure we're producing our content for yep. our Patreons. 
and uh, every single week and uh, following through whenever we say we're going to do queer holiday mugs. We need like a third person who just sits in here and like says like, hey, you know, you said this on the podcast, right? <laughs> so can you make sure that that actually gets done? Exactly. Just one like secretary that literally just reminds us of everything we have to do. And mm-hmm. they're like, why did we commit to all these things? <laughs> they're like, we have 14 pages of things to get done by next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I will say that now that I'm not going to have a work schedule that's a fucking nightmare, hopefully, um, it will be a little bit easier that's to true. do things. That's true. You know, I don't know how many times we plan to meet and then I have to text oh, you and yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I have to work late tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, no, can't work tomorrow. Turns out I have to work on my day off again. So, yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, we're going legit. We've got we're going legit. We're launching a new program like we've got some good stuff and that we've been working on. I've been working on it this last couple of weeks. I'm going to be working on the next two weeks because I'm not going to be working at least until January. This is a time of year where like everybody's hiring, but they're hiring for next year. Yeah. You know, and that makes sense. Nobody wants to bring someone on the week before Christmas. What the fuck are you doing? You know, that's a shit show. Yeah. So I've had a lot of interviews and I'm still waiting. This will be your first holiday off in forever. And you actually like the thing is you're like fully off. Like you don't have to be like, Oh, I, I find I, I managed to get Christmas off. Um, exactly. But if somebody calls out, well. Spending the whole day like clinching and hoping that nobody calls yeah, out. Yeah, anytime so you get a call in. or a text, you flinch before yeah, you look at your phone. Exactly. And also, you know, having to work the moment right up to the holiday and then opening the next day. And you're like, it's really hard. Samantha, I always say this, like, I love Samantha's family, but they their Christmas is so fucking elaborate and drawn out. And you spend the whole day going from one place to another. So like it was exhausting because I'd work, I'd work on Christmas Eve <laughs> then I'd spend all day going to one fucking place like all until 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and then you crash and you sleep and then I'd have to be up to open the store and start our reset at like, you know, 6 a.m. the next mm-hmm. day. So no, I don't have to do that. No, you don't. Yeah. You can relax. You can wear pajamas and get up. Mm-hmm. You can actually enjoy being in the Christmas spirit. I know. And you can actually like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to it. For sure. So, um, yeah. But what about you? Anything going on? This week? What did I do last? I don't know. What? Uh, last week, I went to a drag show. I know everybody's so surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought some Coquito. And um, what else? I played some video games. It's basically a normal week in the life of Paul Hobbs. Yeah. Nothing Sounds major. Like um, yeah. That's yeah. it. That's really That's it. my whole life. Wow. Work, video games, and drag queens. Nice. I'm proud of myself. I got up at a reasonable time every single day, and I worked in my office every day. Other than going to the gym, I worked in my office. And Samantha <laughs> was very much, I spent all day writing again. That's what I like to do. I don't know. I, whatever it is, I was writing something or other mm. all week long. But it was good. That's Anyways, good. yeah, so we, we're doing a special episode today. Yes, so recently I've seen, as I'm monitoring the stats of the podcast, I saw a spike in listenership in Poland, mm-hmm. and I also saw that we were number six in the sexuality charts for Poland, Yeah, like in the Apple podcast or whatever. So I thought, why would, I mean, great, I'm happy, but why are we like suddenly getting listenership in Poland? So I did a little research, I looked into Poland, and it turns out that there's a lot of horrible things going on in Poland right now for the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. So 
I said, Evan, <laughs> can you research this, please? Yep. <laughs> and here we are today. That's right. Yeah. So today we, our episode is titled Poland's Rainbow Plague, and we'll explain a little bit further on why, where we got that name from. But yeah, you're right. There is a shit show happening in Poland right now. Yep. So... For our Polish listeners, hang in there. Um, we, we, you know, we want to, you know, kind of spread awareness, and um, the world's watching. That's right. And hopefully, this podcast can at least make people aware, and hopefully, those people can make other people aware, and hopefully, it just helps you out as much as you can. Yeah. Um, if any of you need somebody to talk to, always reach out to us. Yeah. We're not in Poland, so we can't physically help, but we're always there to support and maybe try to tweet some people or reach out or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So today we have written a special episode just for our Polish listeners. Um, Our end of the year data showed a spike in downloads in Poland. And this is no doubt due to the aggressive campaign mounted against queer Poles in their homeland's most recent election. Our hearts go out to you and we want to make as many people as we can aware of your situation and also to educate everyone about Poland's rich queer history. But first, let's give a rundown of what has happened in Poland this past year. And also, as a trigger warning, we will be using queer slurs throughout this episode as we quote bigots and homophobes, only in those cases. In cases of violence against the LGBTQ community, we do not believe in sugarcoating the events. These slurs are what our Polish friends hear every day, and we want their plight to be made clear. Um, And I just say that because uh, someone did point, I had a good conversation with a listener who pointed out, you know, we don't use enough trigger warnings. And Mm -hmm. and that that was a valid, you know, critique, because like we just go through and we say things without thinking. And uh, um, especially when it comes to like queer slurs. So I'll throw that out there. It's fair. 2015 saw the rise of the ultra-conservative law and justice party, which in Poland is interpreted as Pravo e Sprawiedliwość. Evan put in the pronunciation there. Hope that was right. It's it's closer than we would have been. Listen, if Evan didn't put that in, this is what I would have said. Sprawiedliwość. So, I think that's a lot closer. Oh, so you gotta use like a real like harsh, like, like, devost. I can't do that. Okay. So it's known as the PIS party which is what I only knew it as up until uh, Evan informed me. And it is also how we will refer to the intolerant political movement during this episode, PIS. (laughs) The PIS party gained the majority lead by running on an anti-immigrant platform during the middle of the decade. However, in the most recent campaign, they found that anti-queer rhetoric spoke more profoundly to bigots. Shock. The focus of the Piss Party's 2019 campaign was simply to attack, malign, and demonize LGBTQ polls. And it worked. In September of this year, Polish citizens under 40 were polled to see what they believed was the greatest threat to their country. While women pointed to climate change as the biggest concern, men stated that the threat was gender, ide- gender ideology and the LGBT movement. The, the what did they call it? The... the they called it like the radical gaze or something like yeah, that. I saw yeah. somebody tweet. Mm-hmm. The radicalized gaze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. Women are very much like, yeah, I think it would be climate change. And they're like, no, it's a gender ideology. You know uh, what? Like, I really don't understand straight men being against gay men. Like, does, is, do they feel insecure? Oh, yeah. Like, I just don't get it. 
Well, I mean, it's just a, an entire, it's a whole thing of uh, hating femininity, right? It goes back to hating women, mm-hmm. you know, trace it back to that, but you hate femininity and, and straight men have to be really gruff and masculine. And if they were ever accused of being gay, that would be the worst thing. And so it's almost if gay men is a threat to manhood and it's, it's just... It's all bullshit. And again, it goes on to the thing of men are better than women, right? Mm-hmm. We have to preserve masculinity at all costs. We have to be super toxically, aggressively masculine to prove that we are the more dominant gender. Um, but yeah, and it is really interesting to see the shift in this this um, party that's been around for a couple decades now. And and they did. They realized, you know. They didn't want to fall off. They were like, okay, exactly. let's just fuck this community. I'm not one of them, so fuck them. And let's yeah. spread lies and misinformation to, I mean, just to make people angry so they vote. That's what Trump did. Yeah, hey, that's exactly what it is. And it's astounding how well it's worked. It's just the Poland has gone from a community that was thriving just like every other group in as far as queer acceptance, like making that progress to suddenly being shut back. This is why voting matters. Yep. <laughs> And it is no wonder that male voters have come to so deeply fear and hate their fellow queer citizens. Leaders of the Piss Party have worked to spread homophobic panic by pushing cities to declare LGBT free zones. While it is not illegal to be gay in Poland, and while these free zones have no judicial backing, it does send a clear message to the LGBTQ community, as does the violence and protesting that has so harshly come down on the queer population. In June of this year, 1,000 brave LGBTQ Poles and their allies hosted the first Pride March, and that was in the, the city, um, Bolington. Um, so it's not the first Pride March that ever happened in Poland, but it mm. was the first in that city. They were met by an overwhelming majority of counter-protesters who drowned the festivities in booze, hurled bricks, eggs, and fireworks at the marchers, and other protesters who knelt on the sidewalk to openly pray for the souls of their, of their vile LGBTQ fellows. As one activist later wrote, Everywhere there were hands showing the finger, lots and lots of those middle fingers to say, fuck you, faggots. Had it not been for police holding back the crowds, the entire band of marchers would no doubt have been engulfed in a bloody riot. Now, before we go any further, I just want to say, hasn't Poland already experienced this once before? Many times. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, many times. But like one very specific event I'm thinking of. Yep. And, uh... I just want to point out that that didn't really end very well. No. So maybe learn from history. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand how that group specific, like that place specifically, seeing the atrocities that that kind of act behavior can lead to. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like, I'm like, hey, maybe look at a history book and see what happened and look at your picture compared to the pictures that were being spread around the media yeah. of these crazy people in the streets. I, I just don't know. I, you know, I, it's really astounding. Are you talking refer, referring to the Holocaust? Cause I you am. feel like you're being very vague. I am. And I don't think the people in Poland are not aware of the Holocaust. Yeah. As it took place there. I know, but that's um, what I'm saying. Like, no, this is literally like, how do you not What's see that? What's really mind boggling is and we talk about it later on very briefly is that you know obviously you know gay jews were were put in there and they were wearing the pink triangle which go back and listen to our pink triangle um episode um but gay polans polish were not imprisoned you know they they were relatively left alone and i think the gay i think i don't know i think a lot of gays were arrested too for being gay 
Poland. They were arrested. They weren't put into concentration camps. So I'm just saying that while like they saw the the incredibly extra harsh treatment that gay Jews were put under, mm-hmm. and yet they you know and and they and 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 in general like Poland as as a whole as I get what you're saying they're saying like they saw what happened when you you yeah, othered another group they, yeah you know you you still have the remains of the concentration camps there when you see what happens when you other another group yeah. which i think is one reason why homosexuality has not been made illegal i think that's one of the biggest reasons why it hasn't yeah. it hasn't been made illegal again because they have that memory fresh in their minds but you wonder why they allow for this kind yeah, of violence i would be like hey uh open your fucking eyes assholes we mm-hmm. literally did this once before and remember what yep. fucking happened So if the pressure from the piss party wasn't enough, the Catholic Church is there to make things worse because wherever there's an asshole, there's a Catholic. That's right. Well, not all Catholics. Well, Uh, I'm not going to go there. This is a real (laughs) deep thing. Like it's half of just an indictment against the fucking Catholic Church because read the paragraph that we'll talk. In August, the church commemorated the Warsaw Uprising, a failed attempt by the Polish resistance to keep Soviet Soviet occupation out as the crumbling German occupation fled the country. The Archbishop Archbishop paid tribute to the brave resistance who fought the Red Plague. And then the church leader went to, on to warn of a new threat. As he stated, The Red Pestilence no longer marches across our land, but a new, neo-Marxist one has appeared. Not Marxist, Bolshevik, but born of the same spirit. Not red, but rainbow. One cannot stress the impact of the church's attack on the queer community as the country is 85% Catholic. They are as much a threat as the Piss Party, if not more, to the LGBTQ population in Poland. Repeatedly, leaders in the church have denounced queer polls on television and from their lecterns. Following the archbishop's remarks, another bishop concurred. The sick LGBT ideology strikes at the heart of the traditional family. May Mary preserve young people in search of their identity so they are not seduced by fashionable slogans of freedom and tolerance which lead in reality to captivity and deprivation. You know how fashionable it is to want to be free and tolerated. Yeah, it's so fashionable. <laughs> oh, what a phase. You want to be accepted? So <laughs> fashionable. Oh, God. Everyone goes through that weird phase. In the past 20 years especially, the Catholic Church has worked hard to block queer progress. The Church has openly opposed anti-discrimination laws, same-sex marriage, adoption for queer parents, and LGBTQ-positive media, as well as becoming the first pastoral conference to denounce the spread of so-called gender ideology. It is the main reason Poland ranks 27 out of 28 when it comes to queer equality in the EU, the European Union. Hate crimes against LGBTQ victims are not protected as such. Same-sex marriage is still illegal. And as we stated, 30 towns in Poland have initiated LGBTQ-free zones. While in America and many parts of the world, the church has been able to thinly veil its bigotry and hatred, in Poland, the mask is ripped right off. And we see the ugly institution for the abusive, corrupt, hate-filled monster that it always has been. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but partially because, like, that, the piss party... Mm -hmm took the Catholic Church and was like, hey, we like what you're saying. Let's amplify it. Let's get in control. Yeah. And then we'll both fucking just do whatever the fuck we want. Well, the, it, it is a perfect example when people get up and they're like, look, the Catholic Church is progressing. You got to give it like a chance. Like, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. No, it's not. We see exactly. the Has the Pope said one thing to condemn the way the Catholic Church in Poland is working? No. He's in fact, a, he supported yeah. them. He's like, he, do it more. Exactly. It is bullshit. It is Bullshit to say that the Catholic Church tolerates queer people in any way, shape, or form. They are hateful 
institution. And when you send your money there and you sit in their pews and you support them, you support queer violence. And that's where I stand. And I'm fucking sick and tired of it because I know there's a lot of good people who are Catholics. I honestly know that but i don't understand backing such a disgusting institution i don't give a fuck if your great grandma went to it there we go that's my pet that's, all right that's well, where i stand that's how we feel about the catholic church people this <laughs> yeah, is why we're getting make it real this clear is, this is why we're getting a business license in <laughs> january <laughs> facing the crushing weight on political adversaries religious foes and social hindrances one must wonder how any semblance of a Polish LGBTQ community ever survived. But in truth, there is an exciting and deep history in the resilient and defiant country. For a millennia, Poland has faced one eradication and erasure after another. Its roots date back to the Slavic migration of the late night of the late 900s yeah a little bit farther back i was like okay <laughs> and it was first established as a monarchy in 966 bc from its early settling catholicism took hold of the small european country converting it into a strong christian kingdom one of the most notorious kings was casimir the great who was attributed with reuniting the struggling kingdom and turning it into a small empire casimir's grandson vadi vadi zva named for his great-grandfather Vladislav the elbow high because he was so short. Oh, the elbow high. That's cute. Oh my god! Imagine that's your nickname. The elbow. I know, right? I saw that. And I was like, why the fuck was he named the elbow high? And then I went in there, like, it's another word for short. <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. So elbow high would eventually take the kingdom. No, that's well, what I'm gonna call you. Elbow highs. Elbow highs. Grant a son would eventually take the oh, kingdom. But that's yeah, your nickname now. Everybody call Evan the elbow high. Thank I'm you. I'm changing so... your. I'm changing your your queer story bio. Well, I'm glad I put that in there. Savadisva came to power. In, in 1434 and never married or had children, thus despised by some followers who wanted him to pass down the family dynasty. Vadisval was accused of being gay, and perhaps it's true, though the only ever evidence comes from his accusers. Were his accusers the Catholic Church? Um, yes, they were. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, wow. Crazy. <laughs> surprising. <laughs> so... Uh, just six years after ascending the throne, Vadisfa was killed in the Battle of Varna during the Turkish Crusade. Upon his death, one historian of the day blamed the king's demise on his sexual activities with another man the night before. Well, if you get dead hard <laughs> enough, it's, it's hard to really. Well, how are you going to focus on the war if you can't release some stress? That's I mean, true. come on. But the, the person wrote that the young ruler being too subject to his carnal desires, he did not abandon his lewd and despicable habits. He was fashionable. He was fashionable. It was, yes, exactly. <laughs> Whatever the true orientation of Vadisva, he was the only crusader king that was never canonized. And he was never canonized because of the rumors that what he was What does canonized gay. mean? Um, I, in Catholicism, they like make you saints. They're oh. just like, oh, wow, we're going to make you a saint. They've made some really awful, awful people saints. Of course they have because mm -hmm. they're dickheads, but whatever. They've made some good people saints too, but you know. For the most part, queer history during this time, the Vladislav time, right? Vladislav, yeah. yeah. In Poland has been erased by the Catholic Church. Though we do have a few criminal accounts of two transgender slash non-binary people. One was Vosheich. I couldn't get pronunciations on all of these. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Vosjais or something like that. An individual assigned a male at birth, yet who lived her life as a female. She married two men and lived happily in her community. Two men at the same time or two men separate? Separate, like oh. one and then one I was died like, wow, transgender and polyamorous? She was really scandalous. No. <laughs> um, 
That is, before being outed upon her arrest for hitting her second husband in the head with a brick. He probably deserved it. I'm just going to side with her. I think she was absolutely right. (laughs) As a result of her crimes of violence and cross-dressing, she was burned alive at the stake in 1561. Hmm. You know, there was... Did we cover it or did I watch it somewhere? Um, A lot of times when they burned somebody at the stake, they would like hang them until they were mostly dead. And yeah. then they would pass out, and then they would like burn them at the stake so they didn't scream. I don't know if we covered it, but I do know that was a thing. Like, yeah, so they're like they want to watch these people, they want to watch these people burn alive, but they mm-hmm. just don't want to hear the screams. It's oh, too it's loud. Just, it's so annoying. Can we just like mostly kill them first and then burn them? It so throws like throws off the whole thing, right? You know? The screaming, I just think about it at night, but the burning body, <laughs> it really gets me through my day. <laughs> I love the scent of of charred human. In fact, there's a candle it that smells they make. just like barbecue. <laughs> Eighty years later, the second documented case of anti-trans violence occurred in the prosecution of an individual named Agnieszka. According to documents, in 1642, Agnieszka, assigned female at birth, was beaten and exiled for wearing, for wearing male attire and committing imaginary male courtship. By imaginary you know male courtship. At least he made it out alive. Exactly, yeah. That's the thing. He was exiled, but you know, it was probably the best thing for yeah, him. Yeah, because then he just like went somewhere else and nobody ever knew his history. Like... Just yeah. lived how he wanted. Maybe ran to France. Could as long as he wasn't there. eaten by wolves on the way. But no promises gonna, there. <laughs> we're just going to say he made we're it. We're going to believe that he went off. He was wealthy, found a nice girl, settled down, committed all the imaginary male courtship he wanted. Yeah. That's such a dumb thing. So in reality, this was not the norm for Poland in the early days. Most illicit relationships were ignored or certainly not prosecuted. And the rich were never held accountable for being queer. Shocking. Wow. That's weird, right? Um, yet a downfall of the po- yet a downfall of the Polish nation was inevitable, due from its proneness to invasions and partitions, which is the act of dividing a country up. Despite the numerous setbacks, the country continued to hold on until the late 1700s. During this time, it dissolved and was divided up on three separate occasions. The last leader to reign over the Polish kingdom was Stanislaw Augustus, who was rumored to be bisexual or at the very least sexually fluid. His most notorious lover was Russia's Catherine the Great, but he also carried on an affair with his male boss when he was younger. While working as a secretary for St. Petersburg's British ambassador, the future king and the ambassador enjoyed one another's bed. The Enlightenment that swept Europe during the 1700s promised to be a freer time for the struggling nation. Then abruptly in 1795, the Polish state ceased to exist as a country. For the next 123 years, Poland was not recognized as an independent state. The revolutions and uprising that turned Europe inside out was no exception to the nationless Poles. Three separate rulers who laid claim to, who laid claim to Polish territory all instituted buggery acts and anti-sodomy laws. And of course, this did not stop queer love. It merely drove it underground. The, fo- the founder of Poland's feminist movement, Nartysa Nartysa Smi Faskwa, also known as her pen name, Gabriella. Why can't we just went with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> because she deserves the respect of having her name heard. She deserves the respect of it, but my pronunciation does not give her any respect. <laughs> so she was an open bisexual. The scandal of her affair with a married man and her 32-year-long romance with a fellow feminist were almost as shocking as her writing. In 1846, her book Paganka, which means the heathen, made quite a stir in the Polish territory. In the story, Nartiza 
writes of her love for her friend Paulina and the ensuing affair, all of which was inspired by real life events. We should get that book. We if should. it's in English, I don't know if they have an uh, English it. Was, copy. I think it was published in English in um, the 1970s. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Took about 100 years, a little over 100 years, but it did mm-hmm. make its way here. Then in 1918, a rebirth came when Poland was reestablished as an independent state. After a decade of rebuilding, the country returned to the Napoleonic tradition and the criminal code in 1932, which lifted all previous restrictions and essentially made Poland one of the first countries in Europe to decriminalize homosexuality. By no means was it socially acceptable for queer people to outwardly express their love and identities. However, the lifting of the ban certainly allowed for an era of freedom in Poland, an unspoken rule of don't ask, don't tell filtered through the renewed nation. The mid-1930s saw a surge of queer literature and feminist strength. One of the most famous feminists of the era was Poland's Irina Kizwicka. In addition to her work for women's rights and women's empowerment, Irina was also a staunch supporter of the gay and lesbian community. She spoke loudly of her belief that homosexuality was a natural sexual behavior because all of history. Yeah, right. Her and her husband also had an open marriage, and Irina was not quiet about discussing her romances. Her support was appreciated and at times cringed at due to her boldness by many queer artists. Bolzva. Lazemane was a poet and leader in Warsaw who was open about his attraction to men. Maria Dabrowska was another writer and novelist who lived as a thruple with Yerzy and Anna Kowalski. Maria, Maria bore a son from Yerzy, and he, after he passed away, Anna and Maria continued to live together for the next 20 years. Yeah, it's kind of like that uh, Professor Martin and the Wonder Woman, or like the guy that created Wonder Woman, he and his wife, mm-hmm. they had a throuple relationship, and then when he died, the two women continued to live together. So, mm-hmm. And it is no doubt the impact of theater, art, and literature kept queer life strong in Poland. The r- artists and writers of the time were bold in their calls for a sexual revolution. Still, the stranglehold of the Catholic Church on the small country kept the LGBTQ community from thriving the way it wanted. When Poland fell to the Nazis in 1939 and then later to the Soviets in 1945, things didn't change much for queer Poles. Even with gay Jews and other queer resistors imprisoned in the Nazi concentration camps placed in Poland, LGBTQ Polish citizens were mostly left alone. Once the Nazis were driven out, the Soviet commanders often investigated known queer hangouts. Yet leaders could not determine if the community was a threat, especially since so many queer Poles were communist sympathizers that was a big thing for them because like and you remember in in uh america the red scare where they Mm -hmm. just labeled labeled any homosexual a communist but the truth is that a lot of homosexuals were communists or they were socialists or they at the very least were Mm anti-capitalist and so it was hard for the these soviet communists to come in change today that's that's true (laughs) that is true so it's very hard for the soviet communists to come in and be like these people are a threat when they were actively you know, yeah. encouraging your beliefs before you ever came. Right. No. So the following 25 years between 1945 and 1980 is very, very silent about queer culture in Poland. From what we can piece together from personal testimonies, it was similar to America or a few of its fellow European countries. In 1948, when Kinsey's earth-shattering report broke through, Polish leaders hurried to heavily censor its contents. The activism of the 30s had died down dramatically and much and most saw the queer community as passive about social issues. This isn't to say things were easy for LGBTQ individuals. The very fact that we had so little have so little information available about queer Poland at this time shows the heavy hand of the government. 
In a sense, as long as the LGBT community kept to themselves, they went mostly unharmed. There are many stories of gay men and gender nonconforming people beaten by a gang of straight men, and as there were no laws to protect queer people from discrimination, it no doubt ran rampant in the Catholic communities. Yet the frequent police raids and government harassment of other countries are not shown in Polish history. This isn't to say they didn't happen, merely that media and literature is still heavily censored and controlled to this day. Yeah, so when I was researching a lot of these people, even if they were known to be like a gay person, you couldn't find the information on them like you can in any other country. You know, right. America or most European countries, Australia and Canada, you know, you'd look up like uh, arenas, lovers, and you don't find... There's just nothing. There's nothing. And um, and so that and that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. The media is controlled by the government in Poland to this day. So queer people can't just throw up... Uh, websites like they could before. We do mm-hmm. have a, um, a link at the end that has some of the underground. It's still called the underground where you can access information, but everything is so heavily censored. You just can't, they, they literally have just tried to pretend that they never had any queer people. Yeah. Just like, you oh, can, yeah, we never had those things. Those no, are brand no, new. No, no, they, they were never, there was never anyone queer here. The police never raided gay bars. No, we would never do that. So the 1980s saw a breakthrough in the form of magazines. Popular national review Politica printed an article on homosexuality in 1981. The article brought the bustling queer subculture to light and ignited a countrywide debate. This public exposure also began to arouse the queer community into action. Sometime between 1983 and 1986, the heavily influential gay magazine Philo was published. The date varies, and this could be because early editions of Philo were simply American and English gay magazines articles reprinted for queer polls. This is why terms such as gay and coming out became known in East European became known in the East European country. Another important gay magazine was Bulletin, which later changed its name to the well known ETAP, which means phase in English. Both these publications were essential in starting the modern day gay and lesbian movement in Poland. But as has happened in societies again and again around the world, when the queers no longer remained silent, the public no longer tolerated them. Operation Hyacinth was launched on November 15, 1985, as a response to the gay movement. Police raided campuses, work sites, homes, schools, and anywhere else their targets may be. And those targets were any men suspected or reported as gay or having any ties to homosexual communities. The men were forced to register in a database as a so-called precaution against the spread of HIV and AIDS. Polish propaganda also stated that the database would help control the violent gay gangs and stem rampant and stem rampant male prostitution because you know those fucking gay gangs coming oh, yeah. around with their pink baseball bats, <laughs> just beating car, smashing car windows and beating up oh, your husband. Yeah. yeah. And forcing him to have sex with them. Absolutely. In reality, authorities used the database to blackmail their targets into complying with whatever the authorities demanded. To this day, the pink files, as they are called, are still kept under lock and key by the Polish government. Yeah, there's been a lot of calls for them to be destroyed, and the government's still like, this government has literally been like, it's illegal for us to destroy them. Oh, the people that make the laws, it's illegal for you to destroy them? Wow, that's convenient. Right. (laughs) And you have to remember, this is the 80s, so many of these people are still alive. alive. You know, still have their files. Exactly. So in response to this outlandish attack, the Warsaw Gay Movement officially launched in 1987. It was the first public display of a united gay community in Poland. Three years later, the influential organization Lamba was registered as a business. 
This sparked a spread of queer organizations, businesses, and community centers across the country. The first Pride Parade took place in Warsaw in 1995. And the following year, the first lesbian-focused organization, the Lesbian and Information, the Lesbian Information and Counseling Center, was established. Throughout the 90s, queer culture flourished in Poland. It seemed as if they would proceed forward in their LGBTQ acceptance along with Western Europe and many other progressive countries. Yet, the tide began to change with the rise of the Law and Justice Party, the Piss Party, in 2003. Fuck the piss. <laughs> the first big warning signs of a decline in queer acceptance came in 2004, when the city of Warsaw denied the 9th Annual Pride Parade to be hosted. The mayor at the time... Lake Kaginski was particularly homophobic and stated that a pride parade pr would promote a homosexual lifestyle. And sadly for Poland, Lake and his twin brother, Jaroswaft, he got fucked with his name, <laughs> have dominated Polish politics. Lake would go on to become president of Poland and his brother would go on, would go even further as prime minister of the country. It was... It was Jaroswaf. It was Jaroswaf who called for the LGBT free zones. Together, the Demon Twins have aggressively and adamantly turned queer rights into the most divisive issues in Poland. Can you imagine two Donald Trumps? I mean, one Donald Trump is awful, but mm -hmm. if he had a twin brother who also was that high up in politics, yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I just, what happened? What are the? What did these two brothers do? To make them feel like the like they must have experimented. They probably tried doing each other, and <laughs> now they're like, "Yo, we can't do that." They've I didn't got actually like, like a that. Cersei's and what's her brother's yeah, name um, exactly? Cersei um, and what the fuck? I loved. This. I watched all eight seasons, and I of don't Game even of Thrones, know whatever. Cersei, like that. That's that. Exact they're fucking each other, and they're like, like nobody else can do that. Yeah, we can't let anybody know that we're doing this. Okay? Just know yeah. if you live in Poland that your president and prime minister are fucking each other. Fuck it. Oh yeah, Lake and yeah, if they're still the same. Oh, but those two, they're definitely doing it. They're, oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're going at it, and they're like, we we gotta protect this. We yep. gotta make no homos, Literally. LGBT free zones, all these zones that we can go and fuck each other, and nobody will ever know. Exactly. Go fuck yourself, you ass waff. All right. And despite the stiff resistance in Parliament, LGBTQ polls have persisted in their fight to be seen and heard. The first out gay man, Robert Berdran, and the first out transgender woman, Anna Grotska, were both elected to Polish Parliament in 2011. Today, the brave queer resistance fights on, defying a church and a government that would have kept them silent. The pressures around transgender and non-binary individuals is especially difficult. Laws produced in 2012 require adult individuals to sue their own parents just to change their gender markers. And, and forgive me if I'm wrong, I mean, I was reading this on sites that were a little confusing, but it, that's what I got was that you had to sue your parents to change your gender marker. Wow. Medical professionals are so undereducated and inept at providing good medical advice to trans patients that most gender nonconforming people seek their treatment in the underground. As a whole, protections for queer people are loose, and the LGBTQ polls are still fighting for their rights to marry and adopt. With a regime like the Piss Party in place, it will be a long uphill battle. Yet we want to encourage you, our Polish friends. We have seen this story again and again, and we, and we can assure you that history repeats itself. While this may seem the darkest of days, we know that often this is rather the moment before the 
break in the storm. The queer people are resilient and strong people, and we will never, ever go anywhere because straight people are the ones who make us. So <laughs> it's literally impossible to get rid of us. It's not like if we're they re- would stop fucking. Right? Stop it's existing. literally not like we're like reproducing more gay people. Yeah, like right. they're the ones making us. <laughs> We've never stopped fighting. We've never been erased. And we will never cease to be proud of our identities. Hold strong and resist. If you need a recommended resource, there is a link on our posted script, Queer Resources in Poland. And that's found at Transnational Queer Underground. And there's the whole link to it. Um, And it's got a long list of things. Some of them are big, like the Lambda organization is still running. And some of them are ones you might not know about. Um, Hopefully this doesn't get banned in Poland because we said that Yashwaf can go fuck himself. No. um, Or fuck his brother. I don't think it can get banned in Poland because we stream it directly from our website. We also stream it through Spotify, Stitcher. So like, there's no way to ban the exact media file, I think. If you know, if it does get banned, like if you listen to this episode and it, you look again and it's gone, let us know and we'll like email yeah. you a copy of the file and you can host it somewhere in Poland. Yeah, we'll send you the, the, the file directly so you can get it on that underground. Yep. But I mean, most Poles, I think, know about this. This is more spreading awareness for other people. Right. But yeah, but that, I mean, like I said, and this is, so in 2019, like this is what's happening in Poland. This is why we always say you have to be loud because yeah. I mean, they are loud over oh, there, yeah. but still people will try to do this. So that's why you always have to voice yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it really, I mean, I looked at so many videos and, and pictures and, and people are so brave at the, you know, those thousand people oh, that I've marched seen, in that uh, yeah, street. Yeah. I saw the pro- the counter protesters and oh, they were scary. Terrifying. It was they terrifying. They were like screaming at them. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah, scary. it's so brave and and you know it's it matters. It matters that you're doing this. It matters that you're standing up. And if you think that it doesn't, it did it, it does. I'm gonna tell you, this is how change happens. Yep, this is how it happens. Is all the people that did that first Christopher uh, Day street march in America. It's the people that first marched in England. It's the people that first marched in Australia again and again. People stood up and said, "No, we're not going to be silent. I don't care what happens. I don't care what you do. I don't care who's in charge. We're not going to go into hiding." Right. And um, you know, keep like we said, hold strong and resist. But um, and also listen next week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, anything to add? No, stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers and a little succulent sapphis. Resist the oppressors, That's our right. proud homocrats. And have a sodomy circus, especially you, Yaroswaf and, uh, what's his name? Lake. Lake. Yaroswaf and Lake, you two, you have fun, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.